Good morning. Hello. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. Bert Alcorn here. Today is Thursday, April 9th. (laughs) This is a little too slow. Thursday, April 9th. Hope you're doing well today. Hey, in this Anthem Daily Podcast, uh, we've been unpacking some Holy Week texts to help us be stirred and prepare well for Easter Sunday. That is coming. And just a bit of housekeeping. Uh, If you're part of Anthem here in Ventura, We're doing a couple of things to prepare for Easter and to prepare to celebrate Easter. One of those things is we are doing multiple online Sunday gatherings, 9, 11, and 6, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 6 p.m. And so Anthem, if you have not yet uh, decided which gathering you're going to be a part of, make that decision. I invite some people along with you. And if you've not gotten a chance yet to share your story, uh, to share your Jesus Changed My Life story, uh, go ahead, take a few moments, film that. Upload it to Facebook, Instagram, whatever your social media platform of choice is and and get the word out and be sure to add the hashtag Jesus changed my life and add the the handle Anthem Ventura. And so that when your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors uh, see your story, they can tap through the hashtag and see hundreds and thousands of other stories of how Jesus has changed people's lives. And if they tap through uh, our our Instagram or Facebook handle or whatever, they'll see an invitation to join us for Easter Sunday. And so if you've not done that yet, if you've not considered which gathering you're going to or who you're inviting along with you to online church, or if you've not uploaded and shared your story. Take a few moments today. Uh, Make a plan to share those things today. Today, we are in uh, John 13. So yesterday, I had uh, we kind of talked around some bits around John 15 about what kind of troubled person are you? Uh, and then today, we're looking at kind of the early part of John chapter 13 on this Monday Thursday. And so if you have your Bible or you're in a spot to get one, go ahead and get it. If not, I will, I will read it and you can listen. But John chapter 13, I'm going to start in um, John chapter 13, verse 1. Start up at verse one and I'll go to um, around 17, 18 or so. John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love, guys, I love that no, the notes that John puts in his biography of Jesus. He loved them to the end. During supper, When the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and he was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do not wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. So Peter says, you shall not never wash my feet. Basically, the more literal interpretation is never to eternity, like infinity. No, you will not wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And so Simon Peter changes the story real quick and goes, Lord, not only wash my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. 
for he knew who was to betray him. That why why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put put on his outer garments and he resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is a really interesting moment between Jesus and Peter here. There's so many theological implications in this in this moment, but I just want to hone in on this moment between Jesus and Peter. The water and the towel with which Jesus humbly washes the disciples' feet, clearly in anticipation of the humility of the cross and, and the blood by which he would wash their hearts and wash away their sinfulness. But this moment where Peter's adamant refusal, literally never to eternity, demonstrates even in us our own innate resistance to God's grace. Peter Peter here wasn't being noble. He was being foolish and even self-destructive. And unless for us, unless we submit to, quote, the criticism of our uncleanness indicated by our need of the washing of Christ's blood shed on the cross, end quote, we have no life in Jesus. Unless we realize our own sinfulness, we will never appreciate the work of forgiveness. Jesus is always more ready to meet us at the throne of grace than we are willing to meet him there. What does that, what does that idea do in you today? That he is more ready to forgive, more ready to meet us at the throne of grace than we are willing to meet him there. You need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. We all need forgiveness, like ongoing and ultimately for our sins. Like we believe that all humanity is sinful and in need of a savior and in need of forgiveness. And if we do not process and grasp that reality today on Thursday, we do not understand and do not get what Jesus does on Friday. To fully understand the crucifixion, we have to understand our own sinfulness. We have to reckon with the fact that we are not good enough. We are not holy enough. We cannot save ourselves. We are in need of a Savior. A Savior who is already willing to meet us at the throne of grace. Who is more ready to forgive than we are ready to sin. But we have to acknowledge that. Or else Good Friday has no meaning. And it's gruesome for gruesome sake. Unless we get that we were distanced from God because of our sin and we needed a savior. I want to close with a quote from C.S. Lewis from The Weight of Glory. And he says this on forgiveness. He says, if you had a perfect excuse, you would not need forgiveness. If the whole of your action needs forgiveness, then there was no excuse for it. But the trouble is that what we call, quote, asking God for forgiveness, end quote, very often really consists in asking God to accept our excuses. 
What leads us into this mistake is the fact that there are usually is some amount of excuse, some extenuating circumstances. We are so very anxious to point these out to God and to ourselves that we are apt to forget the really important thing. That is the bit left over, the bit with, with which the excuses don't cover, the bit which is inexcusable, but not, thank God, unforgivable. We have got to take to him is the inexcusable bit, the sin. We are only wasting time by talking about all the parts which can, we think, be excused. When you go to a doctor and show him the bit of you that is wrong, say a broken arm, it would be a mere waste of time to keep on explaining that your legs and your eyes and your throat are all right. You may be mistaken in thinking so. And anyway, if they are really all all right, the doctor will already know that. So good and so cutting to the point. We don't need to explain ourselves away to God. We don't need to show him how we're good over here in this corner and hide away the other corner that's not good. But we can fully present our whole selves because we believe the gospel is real. That no amount of our badness can undo Jesus' goodness. That no amount of sin or rebellion overcomes God's grace and mercy. So today on this Maundy Thursday, looking towards Good Friday, know that you are sinful. It is rough. You you and I are rough. There's full of sin. But we can fully realize our sinfulness because we can fully enjoy his forgiveness for us. That's it for today. Love you guys praying for you today on this Maundy Thursday and cannot wait to share with you some of the beauty and truth of Good Friday tomorrow. So that's it for today. Enjoy the day. We'll see you tomorrow.